Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Brad, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How's Addison doing? Oh, he's doing good. I'm doing good, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good. Do anything fun this weekend? Oh, not a whole lot. A lot of time around the house. Uh, good uh, long weekend. Good. So we did find some opportunities to get some rest and have a little bit of fun, along with uh, just fighting little things around the house. So it, yep. was, it was interesting. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> not too bad. I saw a video you had shared of going out and riding with the kids. You were on a 110? Yeah, I borrowed a, a buddy's little Suzuki 110. So got to uh, ride around, had the kids on there with me, but uh, also had Lane running around on his PW50. Okay. So we made a little, with some uh, orange buckets, made a little course, a little basically oval track, and ran that a little bit, kind of chased Lane around until he uh, ended up going faster than me and beating me around the track. So we had a good time. He was doing good. He was. Uh, he was pushing the limits. I think his ability was uh, was kind of on the edge. Went down only a couple times, but uh, kept it up. And Is it governed going. at all? Uh, no, no. I took the governor screw out of that a long time ago. So Okay. All of his ability to keep control is 100% on his own wrist. So okay. he's having to kind of have his own throttle modulation and make sure he's doing it right. and. Mm-hmm. Keep the bike up. He's pretty good at, you know, when it starts to go down, ripping the throttle to pull the bike back up on its wheels and does pretty good. Okay. So he's doing pretty good with that. So he's actually having to modulate it in the areas yeah. that you've actually gone. Okay. Yeah, he's had to he's had to have full throttle control on itself, on his own. But you're in an area where he's not just full throttle the whole time. No. Nope. This is what I'm getting at. So there's some difficulty or yep. technicality. Like when he comes through the corners, he's got to, yep, sure. he's got to modulate and take care of that on his own. So, yeah, we've had it going that way. Uh, spent... Saturday, most of the morning, uh, did a five-hour ride up around Mount St. Helens Sweet. on the street bike. That was fun. Yeah. Found a new loop. Uh, I'm sure others have done it in the past, but it was really cool. Had had some dirt roads, some twisties, some long straights. Really had kind of everything you'd look for on a street ride. So okay. I'm chalking that one up as the new test course. Ooh. I think if I cut off, I kind of got lost on purpose a few times, took some turns, and mm-hmm. found I didn't go anywhere, and turned around, had to you know backtrack a little bit. So I probably took an extra hour. Uh, more than necessary to make that loop. So uh, I think I've got a pretty good four-hour test loop when I get the uh, the project bikes done. I think I'll do the same loop. Okay, sweet. Kind of a good uh, you know good indication of fuel mileage and ability to hit the corners and ability to go fast on the straights and dirt roads and kind of get a good mix of everything you'd really ever see on a trip. So one four hours from garage to garage. Yep, basically. Okay. Yeah, four hours from the shop to the shop. Yeah. So. Worked out pretty good. Uh, ended up, I mean, I stopped. There was a show and shine in Stevenson on the way that I stopped and walked, you know, walked around for a minute and then stopped at a couple of viewpoints to take some pictures. And, you know, there's reasons that it took five hours. Probably, I mean, it's 300 miles, so I guess I was moving pretty good clip anyway yeah. to do that in five hours. That's so that's fair. 277 total. So, you know, I could probably do it in four hours if I wasn't stopping and if I wasn't getting lost here and there for 10, 15 minutes one way or the other. So... Yeah, maybe less. Maybe I can drop it down a little bit less than that even. So it was, uh, yeah, good loop. Got uh, ever since doing the the valves and the the uh, timing chain adjuster, bikes running good. So wanted to kind of take it out on a 
good long full day loop. Right. Temperature was good. Temperature was great. Good, sounded great. Yep. Had a good time. So I, uh, you know, kind of pushed the limits of it a little bit and rode hard and had yeah, fun right. and out of the limits, but at least pushed the bike hard enough that it wasn't just an easy chill ride, which is, which is fun. You know, yeah. it's fun to kind of get lean in, lean in on the corners and go fast on the straights and pass where I can full throttle and things like that. So was there a lot of people up on this loop? There's a handful, I, a lot of uh, trailers and people going camping and, and whatnot. So moments that I needed to, I didn't need to, but was able to open the bike up on the passing areas and mm-hmm. really rip by people at what, uh, max out what the bike could do acceleration wise. So it was, it was fun. Sweet. Had a good time, enjoyed the bike, kind of got back into, into loving that bike. I mean, for a day trip or for just kind of casual rides like that, 500 is really all you need. I mean, there was no moment that I was left lacking. Okay. Maybe could have passed quicker in other bikes and whatnot, but really didn't have any problems. And, you know, as long as you're not on the freeway going 85, that bike really does it all. That's awesome. So, yeah, I got stuck on a couple dirt roads, had a good, like, 10-mile stretch of gravel that was less than ideal on the uh, almost bald rear tire and, you know, mm-hmm. on the bike for the, the way that it's set up now. But uh, no problems, didn't go down. So, yeah, it was good. Good and dry. A couple of big potholes hit kind of... You know, didn't see them coming quick enough. So, uh, yeah, definitely. And it handled them? and Handled them fine. I've been hit a little hard, but oh well. Okay. Right? What are you going to do? That yeah. stuff happens. So, no, it was a good, good time. Had, had a good weekend. Got some moto trips in, uh, both on the dirt and on the street. So, yeah, really, really no problems. But uh, kind of ha- had some time with... Uh, with a, a buddy I know we've mentioned Kurt a couple times, got to spend uh, some time on their property. That's kind of the track we made was uh, up at his place and uh, really enjoyed our time there. But got talking a little bit as, at dinner time. We're talking a little bit about bikes. Okay. He's kind of asking about the top five or the f- top three for the garage. But uh, for today, uh, it just kind of, I guess, is a, we're only a few minutes in. But as a warning, uh, due to the holidays, we're actually recording a day later than usual. This will probably come out about a day behind. But we didn't want to leave a week off, uh, so we're meeting kind of impromptu with our, our smaller recording system. So hopefully everything's good there. Um, but wanted to kind of have a quick discussion on the top five things to look for mm-hmm. when you're buying a bike. Uh, so if money's no issue, I guess money still comes into play. If we're if you're in a normal spot in life where you can get the bike that you want, mm-hmm. what are the five things you look for in that bike? And uh, I kind of had mine in a particular order, Brad. I don't know if you even went over it or if you've got that well, prepared have, in your I have mind. Problems with this in the sense that there's so many ways that you can go with this. Right? Yeah, what's important for you? What am I going to be doing with it? Doesn't right? matter. I I think it kind of does. Does? Yeah, and not to debate you on this, but I'm just I sit here and I'm thinking, okay, well, what am I going to be using it for? You tell me. You're I mean, buying a bike. You're going to go right now and shop for a new bike. Money, you know, you don't want to necessarily buy. Money is not really an issue in buying the bike, let's say, but obviously having the bike, you still have to pay to own that bike, right? Well, there's so bikes that are more expensive, play. but they're all relatively within reason. We're not talking yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting. and million-dollar yes. cars or million-dollar motorcycles, right? There's some out there, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But a lot of them are in a price range that if you really wanted to stretch yourself, you could get into almost any of the bikes that are in the market. And I'm talking, really. yeah, and I'm trying to talk about like a bike you're going to use, right? I mean, we're not saying a $60,000 custom chopper. We're saying if you're going to go buy a bike from the dealership, mm-hmm. what are you looking for? What are the five things, 
hopefully in some particular order, the five things that are important You didn't tell me you wanted it in order. I'm just saying. The first thing that's important to me is the style of the bike. Okay. Number one most important thing is form. Well, that's when I'm looking around. What's going to catch my eye? Where was that on yours? Was that not number one? That was number three. Number three. For me. Okay. Let's start at number five. What's the five, what's the least important thing of the top five? Of my five. Yeah. No, I don't like that because I didn't come up with five. I know. This is, I'm, I'm throwing, I'm putting you, <laughs> putting some pressure on you to set this up. But five things most important when you're buying a bike. What's the least important of the most important? Uh, maybe the sound. As much as that's important really? to me. But it's something that can be altered within reason based on, but depending on uh, the bike itself and the engine that it has, the number of cylinders, right? You can't get certain sounds out of sure. out of one bike that you definitely can out of like a Harley, let's say. Okay. But it is something that you can tweak to some extent because the sound is really important to me. How the bike sounds is a big deal, but it is one of the things that you can you can tweak a little bit. I'll say. You've come up with something unique for you. Now, sound, exhaust, in general, how that looks can come into that a little bit as well, but the looks of that, the form, are maybe a little less important. But back to my top pick, the overall form of the bike, or uh, as it is then, or what it can be with my modifications, is pretty important. And in that, how I'm going to feel, or not feel, but look while on the bike, the riding position and such like that. Now, some of those can be tweaked, but the less you have to do to a bike when you first buy it to get it into a, a state that you want to ride it regularly is kind of important. You don't want to have to do a ton of work just to feel good being able to get out on the road. Sure. Right. So I agree with you. Uh, so definitely, I would say that the uh, style would be number one also plays into what I'm going to be doing with that bike, and that's why I said, what is this bike going to be used for? Right. We're talking universally. What's important to you? But it's important. I yeah. love the look of motor... I love motorcycles in general, and some bikes just have that look. Sure. That gets you excited. So those that's my top and bottom. Where's your top and bottom? Uh, I'm wearing them. Are you? Yeah. Thanks. But uh, nonetheless... So yeah, five I had, uh, for my least important of the most important, right? These are still our top five things. So when you say sound is least important, you don't mean of a bike. You just mean of your most important items. Five is kind of at the bottom of the list there. Uh, for I me, didn't say how the breather looks or the, the, the tube, any tube in a weird spot that you can't see on the bike, right? Something that's unvisible, what? unnecessary, unneeded. Maybe the, the, uh, some bolt of some sort, right? Those would be the less important. Go ahead, sorry. You're good. For mine, I actually put for my least important of my top five, Mm -hmm. I actually put the uh, speed and agility. Okay. Because I think, you know, you can get a 250 and ride it hard and still have fun. Or you can get a 1000 and kind of get bored only using the top, you know, the first 25% of its power. I think you came up with six. You threw two into one. I'm just saying... Sure. Speed and agility we'll are two different things. Okay. The rideability of it, but because that can mean something different depending on who you are. So I want to clarify what I mean by that, is that it's kind of the speed and agility, the, the go-fastiness of the bike. 
is my number five. Well, go fastiness doesn't always mean agility. We're not talking that's like fair. And that's what I'm saying. Something like that, right? So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying okay. it doesn't, doesn't necessarily need to be a 150, you know, 150 horsepower. Sorry. Yeah, that works. 150 horsepower or 150 mile per hour bike. Yeah. Nor does it have to be something that can carve down to the knee on the corners. Okay. Right? I can live with something that just does the job, which is most motorcycles, right? I don't know that a chopper is what I'm looking for, so it is in the top five. Because I want something that I can carve in. And I'm not rubbing floorboards at, you know, a 10-degree angle. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to go to a full, you know, 50-degree angle to be fun. Sure. You don't have to quite go that, you know, lean that hard to have that fun. So that's still important, but not, you know, one through four. It's number five for okay. me. Okay. If we get a little bit further, my number four was comfort. Comfort. I would place that as, well, so... That, and that's a good one. That's really important. But I would place that probably at number two on my list. Okay. But more in the lines of ergonomics in the sense that sure. I can actually adjust. So when I get on the bike, yep. it doesn't have to be at the perfect setting when I'm looking at it, but it has to be configurable such with minimal effort to some extent to be in the position and riding comfort okay. that I have. Because not all of them are going to have the perfect seat on it, but you can replace a seat. Yep. Right? And that's why it's number four. Because when I'm buying the bike, if it's... Still in the importance. If it's just completely uncomfortable, mm-hmm. then it's out. Right? But not all bikes have that. Not all bikes have the capability of just getting a different seat. Sure. Now, you could have a custom one made for almost yep. any bike, and I understand that. But now you're pushing into another category, I think, of well, sure. and, how but, that's done. You know, and you're talking ergonomics. You can change your bar risers. You can change your controls. You can switch the grips for something more cushy. You can kind of throw different things in there to increase the comfort on the bike that you're buying. And that's kind of why I threw it number four is... In the end, when the bike's done and I've done everything I want to it and it's, you know, got my custom touch to it, you know, maybe comfort is better than what it was when I bought it. But if I'm out shopping for a bike, as long as I can sit on it for an hour, it's comfortable enough. Right? If I can't even sit on it for an hour, then, yeah, it's probably out of the list. So it's, that's why it's number four and it's still on the list. Well, I'm looking at what are the first things that you're going to look at in order yeah. with that bike. And you would say that that throws it out of the list. Well, that sounds like it's pretty high. Well, that's just saying. Top five. Top five, I understand that. It's number top four, in fact. Okay. On my list. Okay. But, you know, it's not number ten to where I'm like, whatever, who cares if it's uncomfortable? It does matter, but it's something that, to your point, can be adjusted. Well, if we're going to talk in general, looking at any bike in general, not for a specific bike. Because there's some bikes out there that probably wouldn't be very comfortable at all. Sure. but if Nobody would care. Yep. Because it's only going to be from this spot to the next spot. Yep. Bar hopping or jumping around town doing a few things. Exactly. Sure. Okay. It's okay. not the number one. It doesn't matter. In the end. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter that much. Compared to my bikes. one through three. Okay. okay. That's fair. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So for number three, I put style. To your point of your number one being style. And I use style as a kind of a cheater. Because style to me is the image of the bike both running and not running in front of you. Right? You put a bike in front of you, mm-hmm. fire it up, is it cool? Mm-hmm. That's style to me. So I included you know, both the sound and the look as style. What? You are. You have a top ten list. Here. I know. No, I'm just. Yeah, good. because you could be looking at it. it could be a beautiful bike. I'm just going to compartmentalize. The sound is something it. that you can easily change, and it but it could get you excited about that bike enough to buy it. Yeah, because the style is there. Okay. Okay. Just I'm just justifying it as my number one. That's all. No, that's all. See, that's that's too important. So for me, my number three would be agility. Just agility. 
how well does it handle? Okay. Right? Now, into that, it maybe may, might not have the perfect tire on it. Maybe it's just got whatever they come. Sure. OEM. It's a good tire, but something that could be updated in the near future, and I know it would take it to the next level, but I think with the tires that are on a bike, unless they're shot old, worn out, you can get a good feel for how the bike rides. Sure. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Number two, so what, what do we got so far? We uh, kind of went with the agility for me as five, comfort, and then style, and you're going totally opposite. You started this I know. in a weird way. You always count down to number one. No one starts with number one because then no one cares about what your two, three, four, and five are. Come on, man. Number two, though, is the cost of ownership, cost of riding Okay. for me. Budget is a thing. Whether I buy the $30,000 bike, if it also costs $3,000 for every single oil change, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend thirty grand on the bike, even if I've got the thirty grand to spend, Right. If I buy a bike for five grand, but it also costs, you know, it can get a crazy good deal, but it costs a ton to ride every day. Tire size is odd. Oil is expensive. Coolant is some special magic coolant, right? I'm not going to do it. Well, how much does that come into play anymore right now? For me, it still does. No, no, it does. But how much of a difference is there between one OEM and the next? I think it's fairly different. Okay. I think the ability of a bike to accept different coolants, oils. Some bikes are designed very specifically for the right thing. And if you start looking at the forums and people that have failures, the only thing they've changed is they went to a cheaper oil or they went to a cheaper coolant or they went to this off-brand, this, that, or the other to save money on what was factory spec. Sure. Because the factory spec is expensive. You then look at certain other brands and you can basically pick anything that meets the basic requirement of that oil, right? It's just a viscosity and... As long as you're in there, you're good. The additives don't matter to certain bikes. Usually, I mean, in what we're talking about, it's the Japanese bikes, right? Yeah. You start getting into the Japanese bikes, and they don't care that much. As long as you're yeah, meeting the basic specification of the oil, the basic specification of coolant, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the you know more European bikes, even the Harleys a little bit, are, are touchy on what they want. That's understandable. You can't start throwing in generic options or they're going to get pissed. You're going to start having either reliability issues or you're going to have, you know, some concern with rideability. You're going to lose power. You're going to lose lose some of that fun factor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that that's what I put for number two just because of the cost of riding. Some of it's tires, right? Tire size is a big thing. If you get a, an, off, an odd size wheel, those tires can be expensive. Yeah. And if you're riding, you know, we're talking bikes that you're riding, right? If you're just talking, you're, like you said, a bike that's a... You know, if I'm looking at some super sport bike that I'm just going to do at one track day a year, then, you know, the cost of ownership is still really important, but its level in cost is much less because I'm not riding it so much, mm-hmm. right? But if I'm picking a, you know, a touring bike, then that's just still number two and comes into play a lot harder because you're putting a lot of miles on it. Right. So cost of ownership really plays hard into what I buy. The big reason why I got rid of the Scrambler and, and went to this this Honda that takes a lot more work, but is a lot less expensive to do the work. Sure. No, that's understandable. I think at my number four, since I'm going the opposite direction, as we mentioned, that it would probably be its uh, capability for what I'm wanting it to do. Because okay. we're talking general bikes. If it's something that I'm going to spend a lot of time on the freeway, what? Why are you giving me that look? So your number one is style, but your number four is actually ability to do what you're buying. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. I'm just saying. Good for you. <laughs> 
It's in the top five, to your point. It is. Right, but if uh, so, that could be just in the transmission. Does it have enough uh, gearing or the enough number of gears or gearing such that it can handle freeway speeds? Or if it's going to be off road, does it have enough low gearing for me to be able to put around and do things? I think that its configuration with the motor and transmission are pretty important for that. So that would be the last of my top five. That's your number four is the last of your top five. The last. That makes sense. Then I'm going to state All right. until we re okay. recap. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Not to call you out, but I'm calling you out. Good. And then... Uh, What's your number one? Number one. The... Uh, <laughs> as a quality engineer, number okay. one for me is reliability. Okay. I uh, That's really important. I think, you know, when I'm, when I'm shopping bikes, the first thing I really look for is I jump into the forums and look for common occurrences of the same failure mode. See, but my problem with that, and I know I'm going to debate you on this, but for a good reason, do you go through, when you start looking for a bike, the first thing that you do is you find reliability ratings on motorcycles. That's the first thing that you look at. Sometimes, yeah. The first thing. It's pretty close. I'd say that it's probably still on the style. Just saying. There's That's a fair. reason for my no, top five you're right. in the order. I will look at a bike that I like, but it will immediately be written off, and the style will be overcome by reliability issues. See, I went through the order of how I would look at that bike. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. You're justifying your crappy list. My just my <laughs> crappy list. No, it makes sense. I sit there and I'll browse through tons and tons of bikes. The first thing that gets me excited about a bike is how it looks, right? The style of the bike. Then I'll click on it. Then I start reading through that list and finding out information on it. Reliability would come in. It would probably be in... I don't know. It'd be in the top 10. It's something important. I get that. But uh, a lot of newer bikes, I don't see that as much of a, as, as much of a problem as it may be if I was going to be looking at uh, uh, Red Randy or something. I don't know. Uh, what, what's that? I've not heard of that. Who makes that one? I don't know. I think Honda. Is that a KTM? Yeah. Orange? Sure. No, Honda would be red. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's where I come up with my order. Because then I'm going to get to the certain point, once I know that it's, going back to my number four, no, once I know that it's there and that it's something that um, is going to meet my needs for that bike, then I'm going to be out there riding it. I'm going to be, does this okay. also have this sound? Is this something that I love when I'm on it, right? So uh, that's part of it. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. That's I fair. think that they could move around a little bit. And I think it depends on the bike. And that's yep. why I asked, you know, where are we trying to capture this in some way because there's so many avenues that you can go down this. We start talking about just an adventure bike. There's a certain list, I think, for an adventure bike. Sure. Or for a cruiser or for uh, some street bike. And, you know, it depends on the person. I know that, you know, our lists are very specific to us and everyone else listening has their own list of, of what's most important to them. Uh, I just thought it'd be a fun discussion topic. We'll, we'll leave it fairly short today. Okay. Uh, as, uh, you know, it's a holiday week. We kind of wanted to make sure that we still recorded, but uh, you also don't want to take your holiday time away from you. So uh, we'll be back next week. Appreciate everybody that's listening. Appreciate all the, the new listeners especially. Yes. Thanks for joining in. You know, feel free to share it with everyone you know. We would love that. But uh, you can also everyone. check... Everyone. Everyone. You can also check out, uh, you know, between Facebook and... At slackermoto.com, you can you can check out our podcast, all news and information, and then uh, of course check out our Patreon page if you'd like to support. 
just for a dollar a month, you can really help us out to uh, to cover our overhead. We'd really appreciate all the support we can get. Definitely. Um, and then, uh, yeah, everybody have an awesome Labor Day week. Enjoy, hopefully, if you're in the U.S., your four-day work week. I know if you're not, I apologize for rubbing it in. Sorry, not sorry, in Brad's words. I know he loves that you're one. You're supposed to hashtag it. No, hashtag, sorry, not sorry. It counts if you hashtag ver- verbally, right? Hashtag give up. I think it still puts it everywhere. But uh, nonetheless, next week we'll be determining, not determining, but we will be letting everyone know the name for our uh, 82 GL. I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be today, but whatever. Yeah, this is a short app. We haven't followed our normal cadence. We will announce it next week. I'm looking forward to next week. I know you are, Brad. In fact, we will go ahead and pull from a hat live on air. I thought we were voting. Even though it's not live. No, we're not voting. Do I get to come up with little slips We've that got we can a, pull a from number? The hat? No, you Is definitely somebody don't get else to. going to do this? How are we going to have. Uh, we'll record the whole thing. The whole thing? Oh, yeah. Video? Video. Video. Uh, I don't know about that. That'd be new for us. I know. I we, think it'd be cool, but maybe we're not. We're not good at it. It'll be a terrible video, guaranteed, but we'll do it anyway. We are? All oh, right. We're, we're going to take uh, YouTube by storm. This is going to be crazy. <laughs> the worst pull from a hat ever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll be on the, the fail clips in the future. But We just yeah. need fireworks and a cat. I think that would <laughs> Tie the fireworks and the cat tail? We good. Well, I didn't say that much. Oh, I give him too much information. I did. Okay. But, uh, yeah, thanks again, and hope everybody has a good week. Till next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.